Hey everybody, this is Jack. It's late at night, and I'm recording this intro, and it's nothing fancy, and I apologize for it being nothing fancy, but I'm just here to let you know that I have started streaming again. A little self-promo at the beginning of the episode. You can find me on Friday and Saturday nights over on twitch.tv slash jackajacks. If you know me, I've posted my links very often, like if you know me personally, uh, but if you don't, that's fine too. I can provide you links if you want to email us at Rockinter Collection or just Instagram, wherever you can reach us. Yeah, uh, sorry for no like fancy intro, but you know, streaming is kind of coming back for me, and so I kind of wanted to uh, promote it a little bit. So hopefully you guys will check that out, and if not, hey, no big deal. Appreciate you very much, and uh, hey, here comes the intro. I'm sure you can hear it. Let's get right into this episode. Welcome to the Rackenter Collection. glad we found you in that deep, dark pit that you tend to live in. You're listening to The Raconteur Collection, Chapter 3, Episode 6, I believe that's right. I am Charlie, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host Jack. Jack, how you doing over there? You know, I'm doing pretty okay. The neighbors are being loud up and down their stairs right now, and... I mean, flashbacks, my old loud neighbors right now. Um, guys, thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Rack and Tear Collection. The Rack and Tear Collection is a podcast about everything and nothing. It tends to be centered around, of course, the titular hosts, Charlie and Jack, some of the best hosts <laughs> in the podcasting game titular. with the most experience. I knew you were going to say something to that one. <laughs> <laughs> what am I, like 13? And today, as with the title, we'll be talking about Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring, the 2001 hit, the 2001 classic movie by Peter Jackson. But Jackson. before we get into... Jackson. Peter Jackson. Peter Jackson. Sean Connery. Sean Connery. Uh, before Stop. we get into it, <laughs> Jack... How has your week been? I actually haven't talked to you, I don't think, since we last recorded. So tell me how your week's been. How you, how you been doing, man? You know, my week's been pretty good. Um, what was it? This past week. Um, so it's actually a really eventful week. So Monday, I went to the dentist finally after a long time. Uh, I've been having a lot of uh, tooth issues and pains. And like, it's just, it's really, really bad. And so I finally went in and got a checkup and... At my first appointment tomorrow. Uh, actually, very nervous about it. I have some extractions and a, I think a root canal all happening that day. So, oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah and no and that's so. This first tri- like trip is costing us like three thousand dollars. <laughs> so, and then to the total treatment plans about thirty seven thousand dollars. So, um, man, yeah. So we're we're trying to look into. Um, 
some ins- some insurances and stuff like that to see if we can get things worked out to get things done in the course of like a year or two, basically. So it's gonna be a right. long process, but I'm just glad I'm finally getting getting started on it. But uh, yeah. Then after that, no, dude, I. Oh, go ahead. Sorry, I let me cut in real, yeah, real quick. I, I mean, that's a big reason why I don't think I've been to the dentist in a long time. Um, I know I probably have several kind of like cavities, and my teeth are crooked. But other than that, my teeth don't give me like any problem at all. Mm-hmm. And I've been, you know, pretty good brusher and flosser, especially I would say over the past like I don't know, past two years. I think I've really been like, okay, like let's you know, <laughs> let's make sure we do this all the time. Yeah, but yeah. So I can't imagine. I know you've always had like, I don't know. I don't mean this in a mean way, but you've always had very weak teeth, so I know that it's probably more of an issue. Yeah, I don't even want to say that, like, and like it's just pain. Yeah, I don't want to say that like as an excuse or whatever. Like, I haven't, I've not been the best at all with like my dental hygiene, but I've been doing better now. But like, you know, the damage has been done, so it's kind of hard to, you know, like, right, keep it up. But you know, so I'm just taking those steps finally, and I mean, you know, it'll be nice once I get like, so I'm getting like stuff that like hurts done first and then after that i'm gonna get um if i have to get implants or root canals done get those taken care of and then get anything cosmetic taken care of so hopefully in like a year or so i'll have like a kind of a whole new smile it just kind of depends on how insurance works because like dental insurance is basically like we'll cover it if we feel like it yeah Um, we can decide if it's necessary or not or if we want to help you at all but you still got to pay us you know even if you don't and so it's just a bunch of bogus other than that so that all aside, yeah, I started working at my new job. Um, I'm working at Anheuser Busch. I'm doing I'm doing part time nights yeah. there um, as a picker, okay. which is actually so back. Not a chooser. No, yeah, a picker. Picker, exactly. I'm I'm <laughs> choose I'm choosing my path. Um, while I pick, pick, yeah, while I pick, I'm I'm trying to, <laughs> you know, be uh. Anyways, <laughs> so I started working this job, and it's actually, so it is another overnight job, like the job I was working back in January, but this one is way yeah. better. I'm actually like on this forklift. I'm not Good. walking a ton. It's not nearly as like strenuous and laborious work. I'm still like, you know, picking up cases of beer and stuff because it's for Anheuser-Busch, but like I can, you know, kind of go at like a decent pace, not wear myself out. Mm-hmm. Um and if I choose to go full time, I get paid commission uh, for some of my cases that I pick. And everyone there is super nice, super friendly. No one's there like, oh, this job sucks and I hate it. And like, you know, like mm-hmm. everyone's kind of nice and cool. And so really enjoying it so far. I feel like I picked it up pretty well. And right now I'm doing only doing three nights a week. So it's been an eventful kind of week. Um, and so a little nervous though. Tomorrow... Yeah, I think I go in for that extraction early in the morning. And the, I think it's three extraction, one root canal. I think that's what I'm getting. And then a week after that, I also paid for a cleaning. So we're going for a cleaning. And then from there, we're going to take the steps to figure out what we're going to do next. So it's been an, gotcha. an eventful week for me personally. No, yeah, that, that is eventful. Well, I, I hope it goes well, man. I know that that kind of stuff can be scary and overwhelming, but you do have plenty of resources available to you so hopefully it doesn't just sink you because that's in my mind that tends to be kind of the scariest reason to have like going to the doctor going to it's not because i'm worried that something's gonna be wrong with me it's more of a cost and it's just like yeah exactly if i need to be cut on this medication 
what if my insurance doesn't cover all of it? So it's like, I totally understand that that is actually the more, you know, that's the more horrifying part than the pain or the recovery or yeah. anything like, like that. I have so no problem. Like, hopefully, hopefully it goes Yeah, well. recovery, no issue. I do have a little bit of fear of the dentist because I've, ha- I have had bad past experience with it. Um, like when they had to fill in, they put a cap on my molars and then it actually, they didn't clean it properly. So it got infected mm-hmm. and it created this abscess on my jaw that I had to go and get that fixed. And so I've just kind of had this fear yeah, of it that. since then. And so it's been like, yeah, I, yeah, like recovery, fine pain. I am kind of weirded out by it, but I trust them that they're going to numb me up. Well, if they don't, I'm going to be very vocal about it. Um, but yeah, it's just yeah. the cost. And so half the reason I'm working this job is to one help pay for our new place because it's a bit more expensive and like the car payments that kind of stuff but also to right i don't laura have to worry about to worry worrying about paying for this at all so i kind of want to take the reins pay for my own insurance and pay for the whatever else so right yeah yeah right yeah well hopefully that goes well yeah, man. thank hopefully you that goes well thank you thank you yeah how about you charlie how was um your your week Hopefully less wow. stressful. It was, yeah. Uh, pretty good week. I mean, it. you know, recently, as I've been getting older, I'll be turning, what, 29 this year. And so I'm right at the cusp of uh, 30. I There are times during the kind of weeks, and because I've gotten, I feel, a really good routine down. You know, with that's nice working that's mornings, nice. Uh, coming home, being able to get you know stuff clean. Kate and I have a really good like grocery schedule, um, etc., etc. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> it's it's one of those things where I every once in a while the worry kind of hits me where I'm like, what am I doing with my life? Mm-hmm. And I have to kind of take a step back and tell myself, you know, like just because you haven't accomplished, you know, A, B, or C does not mean that your life is not worthwhile and that, you know, what you're doing isn't important. Yeah. Um. So that's, I make it sound more serious, but that's kind of just been like that little kind of like looming nag, I would say in the back of my mind where it's like, oh man, what, what am I doing? But I have this feeling that even if I did have, the the great job the the dream job even if i did have you know the perfect house or the perfect situation that i would still have that nag and that would still bother me no matter what so it's kind of like pick your poison um but other than that i've been doing really good i i think it also kind of tends to coincide with i just finished the edit of the of my book i've been working oh, on congratulations just working dude. on literally Thank you. I've literally just been working on compiling that and then I'm writing a glossary to kind of go with it just so people can have, you know, some more explanation of the terms and um, just a different point of view. So I'm really excited about that. Really excited to get that out and printed and to start working on something else. I have a lot of really cool ideas and, Mm -hmm. you know, things that I've seen recently that have been really inspiring to me. So it's like, I'm really ready just to move on to something else. Yeah, for sure. And I'm excited for that and excited to be done. But I think at the same time being done is also scary because you finished it. And now this thing that you've been working on for months and months is not there anymore. And it feels like this big void. And I I think 
there's part of me that wants to just fill that void immediately. But, you know, we'll continue. And I'm excited to get it printed, get some more copies, uh, get those copies out to people because I need some other people to read this story and to tell me what's wrong with it because I, I don't know at the same point. Like, it's it's too much in my head. Yeah. And I need other people to read it. Oh, definitely. I mean... So excited about that. Yeah. That's... That's yeah. great, dude. No, go ahead. Happy to hear that. And honestly, like, getting down to a routine is super... Like, I mean, this point in your life, that's, like, the most you can hope for is having some kind of routine, having some kind of schedule. Because, like, that helps keep you sane and not, like, dwell on, like, yeah. what's going wrong, either in your life or, like, just, like, the world or whatever. It helps kind of ground you. when You're like, okay, I got yeah. this done. I got this. I have my hobby that I do. I have my free time. Right. You know, it kind of helps, helps right. ground you. So that's that's good, man. I'm, I'm kind of trying to get a schedule yeah. going, but it's it's a little difficult when you got a toddler. No, exactly. That's yeah. That's a big. It's a big one. But you know, other than that, I've been doing really good. I was uh, just telling Jack, and I was so like, "We'll save this conversation for the podcast." We still uh, talked about it. A little but bit I was though. thinking about. <laughs> we did, but I was thinking about you know yesterday. No, two days ago, I was like on my computer looking through some new laptops to buy because the a lot of there's like a chip shortage right now, and so a lot of oh like desktop gosh. computers are yeah. super expensive compared to what they would be and so i'm like god i really want a new machine something that i can work easier let me just on. real quick um, jump in just for for people to know no, like yeah. when i built my computer back in the beginning of 2020 um the the graphics card i bought was like 350 ish maybe 300 dollars. now that graphics card is like a thousand three hundred dollars like there's some kind of shortage or a supplier issue or something and people there's, are yeah it's, it's a it's, whole scalping thing like the ps5 yeah. which still is unbelievable to me you cannot get these get these things yeah. anywhere near retail price, so it's ridiculous. Yeah, so you know, I was looking at laptops, and I had kind of picked this one laptop that was about eight hundred bucks, um, solid state drive, a bunch of like really good specs, not really good, but like get, way more than what I would need. But I was looking at it, and I was like, God, I don't know if I want to drop eight hundred bucks on this laptop when I could put that toward building a stronger, more expandable, more future proof machine. And so I kind of decided to wait, even though it's upsetting because it's, you know, I recently played through Skyrim again and I'm like, I love this game and I would love to get into some modding and make some really cool stuff just to mess around or, um, but it's like, ah, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. Not right, yeah. not right now. So that's a hold on there and it's not like the money's going yeah, anywhere. I mean, honestly, it's, it's going to something there. you could look into is doing some kind of so, payment plan because I know there are a lot of sites that offer payment plan options, but. You know, it right. just depends on yeah. what you're looking for. So, but you know, other than that, life has been going good. It's still working out. Uh, I haven't done. I feel I have the need to update um, our listeners. I haven't gone for another mile run yet, and maybe some listeners out there can help me. The last time I ran, you know, it was an effort because I hadn't ran in a while, and I'm still, you know, building up and you know, actually, I don't know, toning down, but my it really bothered like my joints like my mm -hmm. knees and i have like not cheap shoes like the shoes i bought were like 120 bucks but still like it like my knees were like sore and i felt like a deep kind of fatigue in my legs and so i haven't gone for another run i've still been working out at mm -hmm. home doing just a lot of like low impact workouts but like it makes me kind of worried about that i'm like man i don't want to like blow out my joints because 
that that would be the end you know like i want to get in shape and i want to be fit but at the same time like i don't want to destroy my body doing it so maybe somebody out there i know you know like we have one of our listeners tyler uh might have some really good um, stuff he can recommend me so Mm -hmm. but you know that is uh that is about how my week has been not really that exciting but just you know a bunch of uh, big accomplishments and ready to start putting more stuff out there we surprise or i surprise release the second broadcast of the tales of ephemera people yeah. might have noticed that so that's exciting and that actually jack that actually ties into one of the questions we got from one of our dear patrons Ooh, read it out to me michael one of our patrons over on patreon reckon to your collection patreon said bring me on for anime part two please he said, also, you mentioned breaking up your topics a bit. I'm all down for as long as it doesn't shorten the episodes. Yeah, Michael, don't worry. We're not going to shorten the episodes. Um, but yeah, so Michael will definitely no, we'll be on for an anime part two episode. And he also asked, man, that Tales of Ephemera episode was so good. How could I go about submitting something? And also, is Chapters under its own podcast tab? I want to check it out, but I haven't found it yet. We were, of course, responded with, yes, you can 100% submit your short stories to tales of ephemera you can just send us uh an email we said over at no collection gmail.com we don't want your garbage <laughs> stories um i i'll tend to i'll vet the stories mm-hmm. before i send them over to simon so he can record them and they take a while to get there anyways i know that uh another one of our or not she's not a patron actually lily another one of our listeners our sister sent me a story that i'll be using for Ooh, an upcoming exciting. tales of ephemera episode so, yeah, I would love for Tales of Ephemera to be mostly like other people's work that I can feature and can talk about. And I want to encourage that it can be any type of story. It can be a comedy. It can be something super serious. It can be, I mean, as long as it's not like direct fan fiction, like go ahead. Uh, Tales of Ephemera is stories from all realities. And so any type of story is... Unless it's just like, I don't know, like a hyper-pornographic erotica scene. I'm probably not going to have Simon read that. Yeah, I mean, because it's like, it's like a or radio maybe we could do, man. Come on. Maybe we can do Tales of Ephemera. After nights. dark. <laughs> <laughs> After dark. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's how you get a hold of us. Um, I think we didn't have much correspondence, much mail this week. Uh, we had another message from Lily again. She says, you're, or loved the latest episode. So talking about our episode before this one. Your banter reminds me a bit of the podcast Wizard and the Bruiser. I don't know what that yeah, is. Yeah, sounds like a D&D kind of podcast, but honestly. But we'll definitely have to check Let it out. Let me just rifle through the rest of the mail. She said, yeah. She said, yeah, it's good. They talk about games sometimes. I like your podcast better, though, which is always great. Lily is, of course, a little biased being related to us, but I like to think that she thinks ours is better. Yeah, of course. So. Jack. Hmm. That's kind of all the housekeeping I got. We'll tell people how to like get a hold of us and where they can find the us later on when we wrap up. And the wonderful music. We'll mention that here. Tyler Cunningham does the music. He does the grinning goat intro that I think we have now, which is fantastic. I I have to say, coming from the intro and that transition into the music and then the transition from the music to us starting the podcast, it's so good. Like It's exactly what I want. I love that it's i think it sets the mood the tone he does a great job but jack if that is all let's yeah, go ahead and i think i jump think that's into it this 
Epic. Let's, let's jump into it. It's about Epic 20 minutes tale. in, so we need to jump into it. I think it'll be fine. It's not going to be fine at all. Everyone, this week we are talking about the 2001 Lord of the Rings movie directed by Peter Jackson. My all-time favorite movies. Big hit in our family. Our family are like huge into Lord of the Rings. In fact, I know I've mentioned it before, but my, uh, or our dad, my dad, <laughs> what? We have a different dad's check. Our dad read me, uh, Fellowship of the Ring, like just out loud the entire time. And we went to the theaters to actually see these movies when they came out. And since then, like I own the extended editions. So literally, like I've watched these movies, you know, this, like, I don't know, this trilogy of movies. No, I don't know. Tens of times. Like, I don't think it's been hundreds. Maybe it has been, but. Tons of times. I mm-hmm. love these movies. And uh, we'll kind of go just like an overview of characters. I believe, you know, honestly, I got that idea from Knockback, how they kind of cover their topics. Another excellent podcast, I believe I mentioned mm-hmm, before. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But they cover their topics in a really good way, kind of covering it by a character by character basis. And I actually think that's a great way to kind of hit everything because you, you can talk about specific story beats within each character. And so, Jack, why don't you... Go ahead and take the lead, take the sword into your hand, and talk about Elijah Wood as Frodo Baggins. Okay, well, so our titular <laughs> Hobbit. I'll tell you. I'll tell you right now. I'm so <laughs> looking at this cast listing. It's it's crazy that like these names, like all all these actors, like Viggo Morganson, Ian McKelly. Like I know these names so well as compared to basically McKellen, McKellen. or whatever. I I just read it wrong. McKelly. McKelly. I meant to, I meant to, I meant yeah, to say it, but I just didn't. So it's uh, it's kind of funny that I know all these actors like by name and face rather than something like I don't know any of the Marvel characters at all by name or by face. I mean, um, we will do oh another boy. Marvel one because yeah. I recently, I like I said, I've watched all the Marvel. Maybe I should now. watch it too sometime. And you know, to be honest. The more the more I've watched it, the more no, I've no, gone into no, it. No. Anyways, pretty freaking oh, good. So I, I'm getting more and more Elijah positive. Wood. I'm sorry, go ahead. I came to discover he was only 18 when he got the role of Frodo, and he was selected out of 150 actors. Which I was like, can you imagine being 18 Frodo and being chosen for like one of the biggest lot. roles like in film at that time? Like kind of. Not to talk about like a risky role too. Like they didn't know this movie was going yeah. to be successful. So it's you know what I mean. Like, it's just kind of cool seeing <laughs> that you know he was so young when this kind of this whole kind of production started, and so it's you know I think it's a little inspiring to any young actors out there, to all the young actors that listen to the podcast. But you know those are all on TikTok now, all the young actors. <laughs> no, but I I personally yeah. I know I'm going to say it right now. I I believe. Jack Henry um, does not like Elijah Wood in the Frodo role, but I personally mm. like mm. Yeah. Elijah Wood playing Frodo. I kind of like just Frodo's character as he develops through the the movie, um, especially as you know as they just all go on. But we're going to be talking about the Fellowship. He does kind of start out as kind of a little right. whiny, but you know he's also like relatively young, not only as an actor but also as like a hobbit so i mean you know it kind of makes sense for him to be that way but i i don't know i, li- I like frodo mm. i like elijah wood playing frodo other i mean the only other reference yeah. i have for him is you know 
I guess like as a Frodo role is the uh, the what what is the dramatic reading? I don't I don't know what you call that. It's <laughs> yeah dragging me into I love you know pool. I don't know I don't really know what else to say about him, but I like I like I like this uh this role in the movie the the titular role. You know I to go ahead and nip the bud in the head. I will say we will hopefully not be talking too much about the differences between this movie and the book. I, for my two cents, and just to sum it up real quick, I the book I think is far superior to the movie. However, I think the movie catches or captures the vibe and the theme of the books extremely well, not to mention stuff like the music, um, Howard Shore's, you know, excellent pieces. I like, I, I always think of Lord of the Rings now when I think of like his music and even like that music when I read the books is placed there too. But hopefully like we will just kind of be focusing on the movie and maybe later on we can do a difference between Mm -hmm. the book and the movies or the books and the movies. Yeah. I think Frodo is a great casting. Um, there's not that much to be said about him as like an actor before this. Like, of course, he was a child actor and was in some other things for as far as like Elijah Wood. This is probably the first major thing I saw him in. I might have seen him in The Good Son, which, okay, Jack, just a, just as a yeah, little tangent here. Good Son has, I think, Macaulay Culkin in it. It's a kid from uh, Home Alone and Elijah Wood. And I believe Macaulay Culkin is evil and tries to, like, kill Elijah Wood. And is that what happens? Yeah, sorry. (laughs) I'm looking at Kate for confirmation. (laughs) But, yes, and, like, at the end, spoilers for the movie, the mom has to choose which child to save, and she ends up (laughs) dropping Macaulay Culkin on the cliff. (laughs) So, (laughs) anyways. But, yeah, uh, Elijah Wood does a great job in this role. He, I think they really got somebody who could hold the spirit of like being a hobbit, but then also like somebody who understood the gravity of the role they're taking on by grabbing the ring. And I think, you know, if anything, I think it suffers from not seeing more of Frodo again, kind of a book difference, but I think Frodo is a great choice and it would be hard to see him cast as somebody else just because I do. That's who I see, even though, Again, I don't think it's he's like perfect. Yeah, that's that's one thing I'll say about all these characters is that I think Next. seeing these movies at such a young age and then just seeing them so many times, it's hard to separate. Yeah. Like, I can't imagine who else I'd want to play Frodo, you know? I mean, I'm also yeah. not like the biggest movie I mean, buff, so I don't know actors that well. But like, I'm like sitting there's like, who else could play Frodo? Like, right. come on. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's the kind of thing, right? Is that Frodo doesn't, in my mind, look like a hobbit that much. Um, he's kind of like thin and spindly, which is fine. And I think actually for a selling point in the movie and how to introduce people to this world, I think he is really mm-hmm. good at that. I mean, like the moment after they get through the mines of Moria after um, oh, Gandalf has died, spoilers, and <laughs> uh, you know, Frodo kind of walks away, and what Aragorn Vigo's like. Frodo, come on. And he Frodo turns and looks around and he just has that look, like that wide, just mm-hmm. horrified sadness. 
Like it's so good. And I can't imagine somebody else doing yeah. that that well. So a lot of props to Elijah Wood. Ian cool. McKellen as Gandalf the Grey. This casting is fantastic. I <laughs> hold on, hold on. I'm reading It's one of those things I'm where I don't the, the casting. No, He's a wizard and mentor of the Frodo. Yeah. Sean Connery's approach for the role, but did not understand the plot. <laughs> it's, it's just fine to me going. I don't understand this. <laughs> that's all that's, that's making me laugh. Yeah, I yeah I think uh, Ian McKellen as Gandalf is fantastic. He captures kind of the frustrated nature of Gandalf, kind of that angry, crotchety old man, but then also is. I mean, other than I would say, like, Vigo. Sorry, and somebody's using a leaf blower outside. I don't hear. So hopefully that doesn't come to you too much. Other than Vigo, good. Other than Vigo, like, Gandalf is the leader, and he's mm-hmm. so good at it. I mean, the he has some great lines within the minds of Moria, you know, talking to Frodo. Um, guy, yeah, I can't talk enough of how much I think Ian McKellen is Gandalf yeah. to me. And it, again... I cannot imagine who mm-hmm. else could play Gandalf that well. Like, I mean, talk about somebody who just has some like gravity and you God, you just love, I just yeah. love seeing him on screen. And especially the way they portray him, Fantastic. like when they're in the Shire and how he uses kind of like his magic to kind mm-hmm. of be much more like imposing over like yeah. Bilbo and stuff like that. Just scenes like that kind of give you right. this whole backstory Without or really or like or going into too much detail about it, you know, you. it gives you yeah, yeah. He's like, he's oh, like, and then oh, oh, like, oh, yeah. Gandalf, <laughs> into his arms, and you're like, oh, <laughs> yeah. Well, then I mean, not to mention, I we'll get to, of course, we'll probably talk about this moment again, but not to mention just the entire Minds of Moria scene where he confronts the oh Balrog gosh, and breaks yeah. the bridge, and you know, he's like. This enemy's power is beyond all of yours. Run! <laughs> <laughs> and you got the, the the you got the deep kind of like all male like chanting choir that's like, and you're like, oh my gosh, what's going on? Oh yeah, it's just uh, it's really good. Ah, uh, can't talk about it. I was delayed. Yeah. And moving on, Jack. What what about? Yeah, exactly. I mean, like so many of his lines are so quotable. It's really good. Anyways. Vigo Mortensen. As you know what? I want. I want. I don't know. I don't want to call my mom out, but I think my mom did. Our mom and dad used to say Vigo Morganson, like with the G Morganson. Mm. I think it's Mortensen. Maybe. Maybe they. Uh, maybe I just didn't. Maybe I have bad hearing. That could be a two. Yeah. <laughs> maybe he's no. a fool. <laughs> I mean, look. We're gonna say this with basically every character, but I could not picture anyone else being Aragorn, like. Mm. I do. I, I, I don't disagree know. with you on that one, but I, I think you keep going. The, just you know the way he carries himself, um, the way he delivers his lines, and the way he kind of ends up being this protector over the hobbits. And I don't know. He's he's a kind of like you know he's the leader without ever being like assigned the leader role. Once Gandalf leaves, and you know because like Legolas kind of looks to him, Gimli looks to him, all the hobbits you know look to him. Uh, and he, he kind of knows way more about the world than, you know, I guess yeah. like everyone kind of g- gives him credit for because he's like, oh, yeah, the freaking uh, ringwraiths are coming. Uh, let's hide over here while they go into like the other. Like, you know, <laughs> he kind of just has this understanding of how things work in a way. And I think 
you know, I just, I really like his character. And, you know, he has this whole backstory to him that he kind of unfolds as a whole trilogy plays out. But Aragorn is just a really badass character. Yeah, I... One of the, one of the coolest characters. Yeah, Vigo has... Again, I could see somebody else playing Aragorn, and... Who could you see? You know, I don't know if anybody comes to mind. He is described a little differently in the book. That being said, though, I think Vigo does an amazing job. I mean, when he first captures Frodo, and he's like, but to disappear entirely, that is a rare gift, and he's putting out the candles with his <laughs> fingers and stuff. Like It's just... Or when he's sitting in the corner smoking his pipe, and it like illuminates his face... Oh, and you're, mm-hmm. it's just fantastic. And he, it's funny, you know, as I've gotten older, there has always been that pushback against classic fantasy because that's what I grew up with. And so you look at things like Game of Thrones, which kind of subverts Tolkien's idea of fantasy. That being said, though, man, having kind of just the pure hero, the king, the that kind of like almost spiritual figure in Aragorn, is great and like the moment at the end of the movie at the end of fellowship after frodo has kind of seen his vision and he's run away from boromir and aragorn finds them before the urukai come and you know frodo's like tries to offer him the ring and he closes frodo's hands around it yeah and he tells him that he would have gone all the way to like mount doom with him and he just believe him and then not to mention mm-hmm. The badass part where he turns around, all the Uruk are coming, and he drops Flips the sword, sword around and oh yeah, holds it up. <laughs> oh gosh! And the music kicks really, in. It, bum, bum, I forget the Urukai leader's name bum, is, but the whole fight with the Urukai uh, leader, especially oh. in like the uh, yeah. the director's cut, which is like so much more brutal. <laughs> God, it's yeah, just it, so good. Yeah, and, and then, you know, man, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. The scene when like, he is like basically comforting Boromir as he's dying. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah. you know, you did all you could. Like, you're like, you're a great man. Oh, you know, people. and you're like, Our people. yeah. And you're just like, oh my god, like that yeah. part makes me tear up. It's so good. Like yeah. that whole, mm. yeah. He's, he, he's a really cool. Vigo brings um, like such a good really cool character, good um, portion to that role, or a good like character and feel to that role. You mm-hmm. know, he's the he's the ranger. He's the one who's been out there. But then you also see. He's so good, I think, at playing both roles as being that ranger who's spent years out in the wilds kind of fighting evil toward being, you know, kind of the son, the, you know, the son of like an elf at the same time. Like when you see him in Rivendell, like he seems like he's perfectly at home there and he speaks Elvish, you know, flawlessly. And yeah, I uh, can't say enough about him. Again, it's one of those things where I would be interested to see what someone else could do with him. But um, Vigo does a fantastic job. Yeah, did you know the Vin Diesel audition for Aragorn? That's Can strange. I can't, that? I can't imagine that. They also, looking at How this, does Vin Diesel speak? Daniel Day-Lewis was offered the part. That mm-hmm. could have been interesting. Anyways. I don't know how they do Vin Diesel. Sean Astin Anyways. as Samwise Gamgee Jack. Take it away. I'll say right now, the reason we ever called Sam Samwise, like our brother Sam, is because <laughs> yeah. of Samwise Gamgee. And we still call him Samwise, like all the time. Uh, Sam is, I mean, again, I think Sean played a, this role super well. Yeah. I'm, I think I think for me, I want to talk more about the characters rather than the actor, because I just mm-hmm. I like all the yeah, actors no. that played these characters. But so 
Sam, Sam in this movie is such a good like support character to Frodo being uh he's a little older but he they've always kind of known each other um you know they've been like family friends like um yeah and just like he's the scenes gardener. where the scenes where you know Sam is kind of like trying to listen in onto what's going on <laughs> you know, yeah. like knocks him on the head pulls him through the window and stuff like that <laughs> trimming a little late to be trimming the verge master gambry <laughs> <laughs> It's it's just it's really good because <laughs> it is yeah you know I think everyone kind of needs a friend a friend a friend like a Sam and you know it's it's just the friendship they have it's really palpable it doesn't feel fake at all it feels very real and like even like watching like the behind the scenes credits like on and off screen like you know uh, Elijah and Sean are both like super close and like really good friends, all that kind of stuff. And yeah, it's just kind of cool to see that translate to the screen. And when they're acting together, it goes like it's just it's hand in hand, you know, they play off yeah. each other very well. And yeah, just the amount of dedication this whole cast had to the shooting of the film, the whole scene mm-hmm. where Sam is going after Frodo and, yeah. and Frodo's in the boat like, no, Sam, stay over there. Like that yeah. scene was walking in the water and one of the takes, he steps on the shard of glass that goes straight through his foot. <laughs> right. <you know? laughs> so it's yeah, like, I, I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah. A lot of stuff has happened to these, to these guys while they're, while they're shooting these movies. So it's, mm-hmm. I mean, again, that part makes me tear up too. When Sam's basically being like, I'll, I'm going to be with you to the, to the very end. Cause that's, that's what I'm going to do. That's what I'm supposed to do. Like I promised like you and Gandalf, like yeah. I'm going to be here with you. You know, yeah. it's, oh, I was talking to Jack the other day. We were talking on, we we're playing some war zone. I, I'm going to misquote it again, but he was like, I can't carry the ring for you, Frodo, mm-hmm. but I can carry you. Come uh, on. And picks him up. And yeah, yo, you know, so in good. some ways, it's a little bit of a shame to that we're kind of limiting this one to just fellowship because yeah, like the movies and the story as a whole, I always kind of just view it as like one big movie, but you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Which is so great about those movies. It doesn't feel like other media in that way to where everything feels great. And the feeling of the movie is there. Yeah. I, I love Sam. I always re you know, I always wished I was a little bit more like Frodo, a little bit more bookish and smart, but I feel like more in my heart. I'm definitely more like Sam. We're all bit, where we're it's just like, I'm really lives. loyal. I'm not the smartest, but you know, Hey, at the end of the day, like I'll be there, like I'll, I'll be there and I'll help you. And yeah. like Sam, I think is great. And he has so many good humanizing, even though he's a hobbit, a good humanizing moments that I think really pull the audience along. And, you know, pull the audience along in this world that we, you know, that don't know. Or if you read the books, you know, he I think he brings it to life. He's like the perfect hobbit, too. But he just. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, so moving good. on to Sean Bean as Boromir. I I love uh, Sean Bean just in general. I mean, he's great in Game of Thrones. Um, as I, I did like him in Game of Thrones. Probably you know, my, even though he's there for like only a few episodes basically um yeah probably like one of my favorite actors he's just like really i like his style of acting a lot and yeah he's very uh magnetic and i my only i think complaint about he plays yeah about boromir is that unless you see the extended edition boromir comes across as a little bit more of a jerk 
And I love the extended editions and seeing more of Boromir and seeing that, you know, he, when he's tempted, it is because of the ring and because the ring has the power to save, you know, Gondor and to save his home. Yeah. And in that moment where he has, you know, the very human moment where the ring tempts him and he tries to grab Frodo and, you know, he's like, you'll take it to Sauron. And then he has that moment where he kind of like wakes back up and he's yelling to Frodo that he's sorry. And it's just heartbreaking. And then he goes out of his way to save Merry and Pippin. Mm-hmm. And it's just, ah, uh, like I yeah. can't, it like, you know, that scene where he's just getting repeatedly shot and he's still fighting. It is so good. And yeah. it just, it, it kind of still wrenches at my heart now because it's just like, he realized what he did is wrong and he wants to make it right. And he, I think you get to see, you know, like the legend and like kind of the spirit of men within him. And even mm-hmm. though I think Aragorn um, exemplifies that a little bit more, I think Boromir kind of exists as the closest proxy to us as humans. Whereas Aragorn with his bloodline is a little bit more above us. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, yeah, Boromir is great, and I think uh, Sean Bean playing him, I think, is does a great job. Not to yeah, mention, I, I love his shield. I love his big round shield. I think oh, it's yeah. cool. So. <laughs> I just the whole, you know, he really portrays kind of like, you know, the faults of mankind and why. Yes. Like yeah. this whole time, he's trying to prove that, like, you know, humans and man are like this, you know, a, like a proud, very like strong race still. Because a lot of other races basically look down on humans because they're just humans you know they're real plain you know like just like normal right. men are normal men and women are just kind of normal basically and so yeah. it, it i like that you see that the very human moments in him and you like he yeah. just kind of portrays like like i want you know people to be proud of you know like i want to basically bring greatness back to mankind essentially like right. that's what he's trying well, to go ahead no, yeah, you're totally right. And, you know, it's all because, like, Gondor and this city that he comes from is, like, right on the cusp. I mean, Gondor and, like, Osgiliath is, like, being constantly, you know, fought over. And he fought in Osgiliath again to, like, push back um, Sauron's forces. And it is kind of men who are currently holding back against Mount Doom. You know what I mean? Like you see yeah. later in Return of the King how close of a proximity like uh, Gondor is, or like Minas Tirith is to not Gondor. Sorry, is it Gondor? It is Gondor. Sorry, Gondor, and then the is city it? Minas Tirith. How close they are to Mount Doom. So, mm-hmm. Billy Boyd as Peregrine Took. Jack, take it away. Oh boy, Peregrine Took. So I'll be honest with you right now. Peregrine and Pippin are like the duo that I feel like I would be if it was you mean like Mary and Pippin. Mary and Pippin. Who do who did I say? You said you said uh Peregrine and Mary. Peregrine and Mary? Yeah. Peregrine. You said Peregrine and Pippin, sorry. Sorry. Anyways. <laughs> so it's like, I'm there's a lot of names, okay? There's a lot of names here. Mary and Pippin are like a duo that I feel like I would be with one of my friends, like, in in a movie, you right. know. And I like, they're like the weird, I'm going to go ahead and just kind of talk about both of them a little bit. But they're kind of, 
you know, the comedic relief without really being the comedic relief. And I do like that. Mm. You do see more of them in the Fellowship on the Extended Ones, but more so in the later movies. Um, mm-hmm. Just kind of their, you know, they really grow up as characters, you know. Yeah. And I can't remember. Um, Pippin's one who eventually becomes like the squire, correct? Or is that Mary? Yeah. Uh, I mean, well, so Mary kind of ends up falling in with uh like rohan yes 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 yes. and then uh pippin yeah goes to gondor yeah and so like it's kind of you just see like it's kind of sad when they end up separating like that Mm -hmm. because you know they have been together for so long and so yeah they come together as a pair especially in like in the movies Mm -hmm. and so i don't know it's kind of weird how they get roped into the whole fellowship but it is kind of nice you know having these characters that you know don't take everything too seriously but can be serious when they need to be uh because that's yeah. kind of how i am very much so so i, I like i like pippin and mary both a lot i'm trying to talk about yeah. them both. i uh yeah so dominic uh monaghan plays mary mariotic brandy buck um but yeah they i think are both great i mean talk about like when you think about the quotable moments in the movie. So, of course, they're introduced when they steal the huge rocket from Gandalf's cart. Different in the book, but that's okay. And they launch it. <laughs> He's like, let's get another one. <laughs> You're like, what are you yeah. talking about? I'll, look, I'll be then honest Gandalf grabs him by the ears. When we talk about Two Towers or whatever else, I'll watch the movie beforehand. We decided on this topic like an hour before recording this, so I didn't have time to rewatch right. the movie. But, <laughs> but uh, you know, and even Pippin. He's the one who's like, well, what about second breakfast? And the apple comes flying over the air going throws apple. It always cracks me up that scene because it the apple hits him in the head. And I'm like, <laughs> that would hurt. Like it wouldn't like it would just <laughs> Yeah, it's not like a tomato or something, right? Nice crispy sausages. Put it out, you fools, put it out. Throws a sausage over his Steady on. <laughs> Smacks him in the face. Yeah, he it I mean that would be fun. they again, I think the four hobbits so you know frodo sam mary and pippin i think they i think like peter jackson and you know all the people who were involved with making the movie did a really good thing by making them the focus and the heart of fellowship because when we are going and especially the first scenes of the movie being introduced to hobbiton and the shire and that's very understandable to us as like an outside audience and especially coming from someone who's writing their own fantasy book, I mean, what a better way to get somebody into the world mm-hmm. than to talk about these kind of small, simple beings who live simple lives, but who also have this like, you know, this endurance and this hardiness to them. And and so I I, I can't speak enough to I think these this casting and how the the casting of the four hobbits really pulls you through the movie someone like me would have just watched the movie regardless but i think for those people out there who haven't read the books or who haven't don't know the oh you know the deep story or the deep lore or haven't read the cimmerillion you know i think the four hobbits are the heart of the movie i mean even the minds of mario and pippin <laughs> twist the arrow and that skeleton and the thing falls down <laughs> gandalf snatches the book out of his hand or snatches whatever it's had of his hand <laughs> 
you might as well throw yourself in next time. You're like, oh my god, can't I love <laughs> savage. How long man. the time? He's like savage. He goes on for so long, and then he's just like, he's like, it's like <laughs> flinching at every, <laughs> and everyone's like, dude, yeah. you ever think about? But then go ahead. Yeah, not to like, I'll let you talk there. But then you know, yeah, they are like the comedic relief. But then at the end of the movie, when both of Mary and Pippin are hiding and Frodo is kind of hiding like across the way from them. And they're like, come on, you can hide over here. And Frodo kind of shakes his head and both Mary and Pippin know, or sorry, but Mary knows what Frodo's going to do. And then they step out and start throwing the rocks at the Urukai to distract them. I think they get picked up and carried away like babes. Yeah. It's so sad. They, I always think that it's the saddest part when they have their swords and they're like, ah, and they go to charge and they the just get picked just up. pick them up. <laughs> they don't even like, uh yeah, and of course you know second movie with Treebeard and stuff. I think all the stuff's great there. You ever think um John Pippin feels horrible sorry, for ahead. like innocence causing Gandalf to I die? Think, well, you know, I think that's kind of displayed after they get out of the mines, where Pippin is the one who's like crying on the ground, like he's like yeah laying down like in like Mary's lap because I think he does feel responsible. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's not like I mean the minds of Mori were dangerous. If you want to. Anyone who's responsible, there's that moment. And, of course, this is, I think, way better explained in the books. But, again, this is not about the books. In the movie, Gandalf goes, we should let the ring bearer decide. Frodo's like, we shall go to the Mines of Moria. So, really, it's kind of Frodo's fault, too. But then, also, it's like, Gandalf, why are you letting Frodo decide? You know more about this road. Frodo doesn't know where he's going. Yeah, that is kind of a a bad choice on Gandalf's part. Also, great moment. From the, I believe it's just in the extended edition, but when they leave Rivendell, Frodo goes, Gandalf, is Moria left or right? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's great. Uh, John Reese Davis is Gimli. Oof. Oh, great. Take it away. Joe. So, I love the way Gimli is portrayed in this movie. I think, unlike the Hobbit movies, that he looks so much like a dwarf, and he wore so much, mm-hmm. like, just based on the extended, you know, behind the scenes and stuff he wore so much like prosthetics and he was like so into his role and i don't know he really you know when he played the like gimli and like was like the dwarf i was like this is how dwarves should be like there he's all about the pride that dwarves have he's all about basically proving himself to everybody he's like I'm going to make a judgment and then do it. Like when he tries to just destroy the ring with his axe, you know? Yeah. yeah. I mean, he doesn't really think about it. He just kind of goes and does it. And just kind of, he embodies kind of what dwarves are, I think. And it's portrayed really yes. well. And so yeah. if someone who doesn't know what a dwarf is at all, like just watch this movie and you get the whole picture of like, just what kind yep. of people. I totally agree. Dwarves yeah. would be if they were actually, you know, yeah. like a race of people. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. I think, uh, you know, John Rashevis does a great job as Gimli. Uh, of course, very notable. He had a horrible reaction to his prosthetics mm-hmm. and his face would like swell up. But yeah, he, you know, fills out the the kind of fighters of the uh, fellowship, you know, with along with Aragorn. Um, and what I think is so great about each of the members of the fellowship is you kind of get to see what their home was like and you get to see the minds of moria and you get to see how distraught gimli is overseeing the shape they're like the uh i don't know 
what has happened to the mines. Mm-hmm. You know, they, where he runs into the the tomb. And Gandalf, Gandalf has a great line where he's like, Gimli! <laughs> and he goes and they find the book. And uh, yeah, it's uh, it's really oh, yeah. good. He's like reading through the book he, and I think everything. He does a great job. And, yeah. Yeah. They are coming. Uh, it's, it's so drops. cool. It's, it's it's cool just hearing Gimli talk about because a few times he talks about kind of like the history and like how deep the mines yeah. were and what they were pulling from the mines. They call it a mine. A mine. <laughs> it was, you know, it's just really cool kind of seeing like yeah. how into the role and how much is portrayed just through the way he carries himself. So mm-hmm. Gimli liked him a lot. Not a huge fan of him in the Two Towers video game. Uh but you know <laughs> classic uh and then, of course rounding out kind of the i believe this is the last of the fellowship we got yeah as uh, orlando bloom no, as uh, of, like of course saruman's in the fellowship come on <laughs> um orlando bloom i think captures what an elf looks like really well in these movies you can tell that when he went back through The Hobbit, how they kind of de-aged and de-lined his face. He looks like a video game. It looks yeah, weird. But in this movie, got a whole Hobbit he's perfect in general. for it. Yeah. I think Legolas is cool, especially as a little kid. I thought he was really cool because, you know, he has all the cool tricks with his bow. Mm-hmm. And several times, of course, at the ending fight, he, like, shoots, like, five guys and stabs one with his arrow. Then takes that same arrow and then shoots it. And, you know, yeah. like... It's... Yeah, Legolas... Uh, yeah, he, I I don't know. I think there's more to say about Legolas later on. For but sure. I love his dynamic that he adds. And especially you see his fear over the Balrog, like over something that he and like oh his my, people would understand the, way more intimately than. In the actual sorry, like dramatic, like, re, like book reading. Like, oh, yeah, he's he like freaks actually out. like yeah. freaking out. Like. And yeah. that is like you feel that in your bones when like those lines are being said like that. It's like oh like, mm-hmm. and it's I don't know. I like again the dam the dynamic he has with Gimli, and like how at first, yeah, especially in the two towers, elves and dwarves they don't get along at all. But like eventually, just through all the hardships they go through and having to like just travel together, like they become like super close friends. And like yeah, they start making things like a competition. But those are later. Both of those characters, I think, really shine later on in the trilogy. Mm-hmm. But all the characters really shine, to be honest. Yeah, so. but you know, we're just setting the stage for later on. Yeah, huge fan of Legolas. Um, next, we got yeah, big fan, big big fan. Next, we got Liv Tyler as Arwen Undamiel, the uh, daughter of uh, Elrond. I so to get you know, I I don't dislike. Liv Taylor, but she has this, and I know people don't want me to be so negative, and I'm not trying to be, but she has this really breathy way that she delivers all her lines that get on my nerves a little bit. Um, I know exactly what you're talking about, and <laughs> I know, I know, what you, yeah. You know, that being said, though, like I love when Frodo is sick, and I like how they put her in that role because it's not, you know, of course, it's not that way in the book, but uh, they put her in that role of kind of taking Frodo, and she, if you want him come and claim him that moment where, where she's yeah writing. i mean all this stuff is the like whole, really cool the whole scene on the way to rivendell with her and like carrying frodo is mm-hmm. really good and really well shot and i kind of like how you see the power oh, yeah. that elves have and also like yes. arwen like um she like Liv tyler like looks like an elf in this movie 
Like yes, yeah, I that is definitely like the, her look is yeah, perfect. much like I think Orlando Bloom. Like both they both have those angular faces, and then you just add the yeah. ears, boom, you got an elf, you know. And so I really like the way that she portrays the elf. I do, yeah, like you said, some of the breathy lines are a little much for me but i think overall i think she has a very good performance in the movie yeah yeah no i think she does a really good job like that being said like it's not like i don't dislike her at all and i don't know who else to cast her and i like that the movies do give her a you know more of a front and center role so which is nice Mm -hmm. and then you gotta talk about i think another actress who perfectly portrays Mm -hmm. an elf and i think probably who is perfect at this role is Kate Blanchett as Gladriel. So Jack, tell tell me, talk to me about. I have a lot to say about yeah. Gladriel and just Kate Blanchett in general. I think she's fantastic. So I mean, I like. So I'm going to talk about the Hobbit again briefly. Like you kind of see her in the Hobbit a little bit, and she portrays like these powers that are portrayed in the Fellowship, but like in a much different way. I love the way they portrayed her in the Fellowship more. Especially like when yeah. uh, Frodo's like looking into the uh, the little uh, I forget what it's called the, the he's mirror. looking like into the mirror and like yeah. I don't know I love the fact that she can be like so terrifying and yet like so beautiful at the same time you know what I mean and that's kind of what people yes. like that's what she's exactly. like known for is like being like terrifyingly beautiful yeah. and, like she portrays that as like this you know like basic like elf goddess you know what I mean so yeah no i i totally agree i love kate blanchett i mean having just recently watched she's in thor ragnarok and she plays hella she plays the villain in that movie but i think kate blanchett in lord of the rings she is like like you said like she almost seems a little alien yeah like the look of her and yeah like you said i i even though i do think the part where she's like, I shall become a queen. Let's talk about whatever. Uh, I think that it's a little cheesy, like effects wise. That being said, this movie came out in 2001. <laughs> like 20 but years like it ago. Looks real, it is insane. insane it's because the movie looks real good. Oh. Yeah. And, but that being said, I like how that's the display of her power is there is like a feeling and like a force of nature to her power rather than being like, oh, hey, here's my fireball <laughs> spell. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and I think she betrays that grace and that wisdom and the pain of having lived so long very well. I mean, she, not to mention just like Lothlorien is just like an amazing set oh, and yeah. design. Talk about how much like. <laughs> Dolph's breathe so loud I could have shot you. How in much the dark. like just. <laughs> <laughs> he draws. Yeah. Gimli walks into the area. He's like, Ooh. how many like practical <laughs> effects and like sets are in this original oh. trilogy is so impressive. Yeah. Like the perfect amount yeah. of like special effects and practical effects are like in this movie mm-hmm. and it's it they not look to mention, so good even now no, go ahead. like it's incredible yeah and i was gonna say not to mention like even the practical effect that so like in the reflection of uh kate blanchett's eyes you see like this looks like stars literally just a thing of christmas lights they have reflecting mm-hmm. in her eyes and it's like so good it's like ah oh, yeah why not um next up on the list here pull it up we got christopher lee a saruman the white Ooh. Hmm. I so I'm of two minds of this. I really love Christopher Lee in this movie. I think he's great, and the way he delivers his lines 
and just that kind of like snooty, all-knowing, powerful enough to back it up kind of nature he has. I think he does perfectly. Um, that being said, I, I'm torn because in my most recent reread of the books, I really like Saruman and his he has a cloak of many colors in the books and he has a like a voice and that's like the main power he demonstrates is he has like all like this hyper persuasive voice that he uses. You see that a little bit in the movie, but the movie doesn't really go into it. I think the movie actually plays it kind of smart and Sauron is kind of the first uh, titular. It's your word today. It's the first uh, villain. I know it's kind of it's because you laughed at it. Is the uh, first villain of this movie, and I think. I, I think he's good. I mean, I my favorite moment of Saruman is when he and Gandalf are having the wizard battle. Oh, the wizard <laughs> battle, battle is so of the cool. storms. Yeah, I see. I think the wizard battle cracks me up a little like bit. I think it's a little funny. It, but, uh, it's, I like it though because it's not like <laughs> super showy. It seems like almost kind of like it's so simple but kind of brutal. Yeah. and they're just like swinging each other against the walls and stuff. Yeah. And I don't know. It is a little cheese ball, I think, especially when Gandalf starts spinning. But I do oh, like wow. how. It's just like basic force pushing, you know, it's not like, oh, here's lightning, yeah. here's fire. Like, you know, it's kind of, it's a bit different than what you're right. kind of used to. Well, that's why I like, so if you recall, Jack, there's a moment when they're on the mountain of Karadras. Karadras. I think it's a cruel mountain. And uh, <laughs> Saruman like sends that storm at them and then Gandalf is like oh, chanting yeah, yeah. back and they're chanting like that is my favorite moment of the magic because I love this use of magic in Lord of the Rings kind of in general. That is, it seems to be very much in line with nature and like these forces rather than direct. Yeah, it's not something like Avatar where it comes from you. It's more like, you know, you're controlling the forces that already exist, which I guess is Avatar, but when it comes like firebending and stuff or whatever, you're kind of... Yeah, like it's very it's very unlike yes, Dungeon very Dragons, indirectly. You know, like it's not like, oh hey, I have a sleep spell. It's like or I mean even mentioning one of my again, one of my favorite moments from Return of the King where Gandalf rides out to meet Faramir and he shines that light on mm-hmm. the Nazgul. You know what I mean? That like scares them away. Stuff like that's yeah. fantastic. I, I will say one um, of my favorite scenes is when but, it's I don't know if it's in Fellowship of the Ring, but like when he's using the Palantir and like his hand's just over it and he's like you like oh, just yeah. like you like oh, using it like that yeah. scene is so ominous and Bear good. Leaf. It's really good. Yeah, yeah. And he th- just <laughs> Christopher Lee is so good at delivering yeah, some really of those good. lines. Like him and Ian McKellen together are. They're I just great. remember one of the behind the yeah, scenes where fantastic. your love of the halflings pipe <laughs> dimmed your mind or whatever. When, um, he says. <laughs> He gets stabbed in the back. I remember Peter Jackson was like, give me like an exaggerated like, you know, like, yeah. he was like, no, like I've been in war. <laughs> and um, he's like, no, when I've you get stabbed seen, or shot like that, like you actually, <laughs> it just leaves your body. It's not like a, takes your breath away. You know, like a, ah, it's just like a, you know, so I was like, ooh, yeah. this guy knows what he's talking about. <laughs> so, uh, Next, we got Hugo Weaving as Elrond again. I think great. Uh, Elrond again has a lot of great lines. And I will say he's not very elf like to me. 
But then again, I think I just have a different mm-hmm. view of what Elf should look like. I think he kills the role. I think he's I think amazing he, as Elrond. He, he's from... Um, the ring cannot be destroyed by any tools yeah, we he here portrays, us. Yes. Yeah, he's from the Matrix. Right. And he's, he portrays being Smith. an elf yeah, that's, that's, I really see, well. I just see but yeah, he doesn't look very elfish. He but does. But he plays an elf very well. See, exactly. I totally agree with that. Like, Elrond, he carries, like, this, like, wisdom and this weight with him and his the way he delivers these lines and how he doesn't trust men and how, you know, he's the one who brings together these people ultimately to decide what to do with the ring. And yeah, I think he, I think he kills the role. I I mean, I can't say enough about him. Elrond is just a really, yeah, he's just, and that's all I'll say. A really cool character. I love how you see his whole kind of backstory in the beginning. And just the fact you're like, Oh, elves live for a long time. Like if you didn't know, like you realize elves live they live forever, no. right? Unless they're not full yeah. elf or full elfish. And so, like, it's kind of yeah. crazy just seeing how old yeah. and they kind of choose is, to pass on. You know, yeah, definitely super cool. Uh, we're just about to wrap up here, Jack. I know we've passed an hour, but we got yeah, yeah. two more. Really, we got one more main know. character. Um, and then we have like kind of a list of we side characters, characters that we can very quickly kind of go through. But really, yeah. yeah. But like, anyways, so we got Ian Holm as Bilbo great yeah ian homeless bilbo not say enough about fantastic. his performance i love it yeah especially i love i know that there are people out there who love like the uh, theatrical cuts i'm a big extended edition person i love how fellowship starts with his concerning hobbit speech you know or counted among mm-hmm. the very wise but we hobbits have a you know what i'm the, uh, so he played yeah i remember this on the cassette but i just now realizing it he previously played frodo in the radio adaptation of lord of the rings which is what we listened to right yeah on cassette yeah they good that i'm pretty yeah. sure yeah and so i'm it, this just it's kind of cool that he eventually went on to play bilbo so i don't know i love this whole set i love how you kind of see him yeah. eventually give him control of the ring and then once you finally see him again in rivendale um you see he's aged a lot more yeah. because the effects of the ring are wearing off. And so yes, you kind of understand the yeah. ring just has this, you kind of don't really ever understand the full extent of power that the ring has because it doesn't work the mm-hmm. same for anyone else other than Sauron. So it kind of has these different effects for right. whoever uses it, but it all gives them invisibility if they wear it. It's, it's, it's a little weird. But it's also kind of really cool. Yeah, that again, I think the movie, it does the job it needs to do with the ring. Uh, like the book, I think, goes way more into detail about like what the ring does and the reason behind the ring. Mm-hmm. So I won't like comment too much on that. But yeah, I think Bilbo, you're exactly right where he is kind of the view of what the ring does. Yeah. Um, he has, of course, he has his little... That freaked me out when I was younger. <laughs> yeah. Talk about, like, why? <laughs> it's, it's just, yeah. But then you can yeah. see that he's shaken by it, yeah. and it's he's sad, you know, and... Much like Boromir. Yeah, it's... it. Yeah. Um... You want it for yourself, don't you? <laughs> or were you just... Were you just trying to uh, dig into... <laughs> Bilbo quote. <laughs> no, sorry. Uh, and then next, so I reason I say this is not really a main character. Of this movie you used to have Andy Serkis as Gollum. 
I Gollum is in this movie, but he's not in this movie like he's in Two Towers. Yeah, and so that's I fair. think we'll actually, in my mind, we'll save Andy Serkis's Gollum yeah, for. But I, I will just Towers say because that's his movie. I I love the performance Fantastic. of Gollum, but that's all we can say right now because that's you know yeah you only see him in the in the very beginning yeah. when he's being tortured. So <laughs> he's like Baggins. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Baggins. Yeah. Uh, of course, you got a bunch of other characters. Uh, I mean, looking just looking at this list, I don't think any of the characters are really mentioning like or like worth mentioning. You got Sala Baker who played Sorrow and the Deceiver. Um, you got Martin Kazokas, Kazakas, who played Celeborn the Wise. Lawrence Macquarie who wasn't Sala the so he he's was the guy the, he's a really tall dude that played the Urukai right, and he played Saruman in the beginning. No, no, the Lawrence guy. Lauren, played, Lawrence guy played the Urukai. Right. Okay. Oh, I see yeah. that. I see that. You have a couple others on there, but oh, um, really, big. I would like to use the little time we have left, Jack. To what else would you like to mention? I know that there's some stuff I want to mention, but what else do you want to yeah, say? So, about I mean, I'll be. It's been a long time since I've read the book. I read it like probably back when I was like 16 or something. But you know, just I think without knowing a ton of detail from the book or like remembering a ton just this movie is such i think a good example of how to portray such a dense book into movie form without being too because if you had to do beat by beat what the book does the movie would be so right long and it would be it'd be yeah It'd be too much. I think you could do a really cool like series. At that range, you're doing yeah, you're doing like HBO Game of yeah, Thrones. Yeah, I think if you did a Game of Thrones style yeah. Lord of the Rings series, that would be actually super cool. If done, I think with more practical than just CGI, because just based on the way the Hobbit looks and the way these movies look, right. I don't know. The Hobbit's gonna age way more poorly than these movies have. These movies like haven't really even aged except oh, for yeah. like maybe some of the, like the later scenes and like i was gonna um, say as somebody who watches these movies pretty regularly like there are a couple things that i think are indicative of the time period so like when frodo falls off the horse and arwen's like oh no don't, don't give it to him and she's like what grace is given to me that appalls to him uh that whole part and he's like floating through the white space and you just see elrond's head pop up <laughs> like <laughs> that kind of stuff i think dates the movie but Overall, like the movies hold up really well. I mean, yeah, the parts like I love Moria in this movie. I think it's so good. And not to mention like Lothlorien and even like later on when you get to like Rohan and finally see like Minas Tirith and you see Minas Tirith in this movie actually when Gandalf rides there. But uh, yeah, and just yeah, it's I, kind of crazy thinking. Oh, go ahead. No, you're fine. Just like they had so many costumes, they had so many people working on all this stuff and they had um stand-ins for like elijah wood sean like an uh Mm -hmm. sean astin all the hobbits they had stand-ins for all of them for like the height differences and that kind of thing and i just i really like just the very small amount of production that i've done like very Mm -hmm. small amount i i can't even imagine like how much it takes to do that kind of stuff so i know why people do more like CG effects because it right. takes a lot. It's still a lot of work, but it takes less practical work. So like less people, but man, yeah. like when you see this kind of scale 
in practical yeah. effects, it really shows and really holds up, I think. And just that yeah. on top of the music being perfect. Mm. Yeah. Like the music and all these are just oh, chef's yeah, kiss. I, I agree. Yeah, so to round up the topic here before we kind of get into our wrap-upping the whole episode. Uh, Ra- I, or wrap-upping. Wrap-upping of the uh, wrapping of the ending of the... I mm. love these movies. I, like, you know, the more I watch them, the more I love them. And I just think that, God, this is such a classic and such a benchmark for the scope of story. And it all starts with Fellowship. I mean, I personally, Fellowship is not, like, the one I would rank the highest. Um, But, like, Kate loves Fellowship. Like, I think Fellowship is her favorite. And Mm -hmm. I can see why. I mean, you get introduced to all these different things, all these different people, all these places. And I think, you know, like, even the movie deals with the ring in a really great way to where even on repeat, rewatches you start to see more of that fabric there and i also like how even if you get lost even if the movie throws you through a loop you can still sit there and enjoy the movie just as like you know a good flick even if you're like oh yeah that one frodo guy and then there's what the elf dude and the john reese davis and you know what i mean like i still think the movie's enjoyable just on that alone and yeah Mm -hmm. not to mention like this movie is so quotable so many different things that i've been doing all throughout this episode so i can't yeah i can't speak to this movie enough and like you said the amount of production and work that went into this movie and everybody involved i mean i cannot believe this movie was pulled off to this extent and it did so well like this i mean Mm -hmm. you know return the king would go on to win like to just sweep at the oscars and so it's it's amazing and then you know the movies came out Year after year. So this movie came out in 2001, and then you got two hours, 2002, yeah, and then Return of the 20 years ago. Um, Isn't that crazy? Like, crazy. it's just... Yeah, I, I can't yeah. speak enough about my love for this movie. And then, of course, about love for the source material of this movie, so the book. Mm-hmm. Which, love them both. Yeah, so speaking of next time, I will for sure rewatch the movie. Like like we said, we kind of we were kind of lost for topics, and Charlie was like, War of the Rings. And I'm like, we can do two more episodes on this, at the very least. So I was like... Yeah, right. I'll, I'll prep for the next one. But, like, guys, just so you know, December 10th, marking your calendars, December 10th this year will be the 20th anniversary of the release of Lord of the Rings, of the Fellowship of the Ring. Yeah. So, 10 years. Let's all watch it and then, you know, enjoy it. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> well, Jack, that is, I mean, I could say so much more about Lord of the Rings, but. We'll save it for our discussions yes. of the well, other two movies coming up here. I told Charlie this, but let's not pull another yeah. Disney. Let's let's break it up a little bit, you know? Yeah. Let's not try to tackle yeah. all three because it would be at least three and a half hours oh, long, yeah. at the very least, and that would be consolidating it immensely. Oh, yeah. But, uh, Jack, do you have anything you want to add to the topic before I uh, wrap us up here? You know what? I just uh, I think we're... I think I'm good. I think I said all I need to say or want to say. Um, I don't want to say too much because, you know, I don't feel like I was like um, like amazingly prepared for this. But, you know, I know enough about it to where I felt like I could contribute a decent amount. So I I enjoyed talking about it. And it's a movie that like even though I watched it a lot and talked about it with like family, I haven't really ever talked about it in depth that much. So it's kind of Mm -hmm. fun to revisit it and just realize how much like Lord of the Rings has impacted my view of fantasy. Right. And when I think of elves, I think of Lord of the Rings elves, like even like D and D 
I picture yep. D&D being yeah. very Lord of the Rings-esque in my mind. Like, mm-hmm. that's how I visualize it, you know? So In my mind. In my mind. <laughs> Tell me what you see. I need something more. God, I, I just can't. I can't. I can't get over how good the movies are. It's, I mean, yeah, really Gandalf good. falls and Frodo's like, no, Gandalf, and they're dry, dragging away. And the arrows are plinging off the walls, mm-hmm. and the music. Even such a playing. small, silly set design when they're running down the stairs, and the stair breaks, and oh, it's so <laughs> Aragorn good, and Frodo have to like have to like balance the whole thing, and then they land and they get caught, and the music kicks up again. It's so good, dude. And the whole thing falls. <laughs> God, the <laughs> score just, yeah. the movie makes it. It's so, mm. yeah, icing on the or cake. Or even like talking about like the fight with the troll that they have in it. <laughs> I was kind of sad. Like I love, I love it. Like there's just so many really good touches in this movie that, yeah, I, I, I can't, I can't hype up these movies enough. I can't wait to hear the well, comments on this. I want, to, I want all the feedback. So when we do the Lord of the Rings Part oh, Two. You know, yeah. we'll, we'll do the, the, two, the two towers. Yeah, we'll just do the two towers. Lord of the Rings part two towers. <laughs> it's really good. It's really good. No, but I think that's it. Fellowship um, of the One Ring. I'm, 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 I'm done. I can't think of one. Return of the King. Return of the Three. Ing. Everyone, thank you so much for listening to Raconteur Collection, podcast about everything and nothing. As always, your hosts are Jack and Charlie. Sometimes they might be joined by a guest. Might be next episode. Because we have like th- we have episode, a many we... requests for some guests. We shall see. We shall see. We shall see. We'll this has out. been Chapter 3, Episode 6 of the Raconteur Collection, just in case you're keeping tabs. Everyone, you can reach us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Send in, send in those letters. Send in those electronic emails. Would to love us. to have them. Love responding to. We love having. I love reading them everything. out. Um, it's been really fun to have kind of that more back and forth engagement with you guys. So send them in if you're interested in supporting us. Uh, our we have a Patreon, Raconteur Collection, Raconteur Collection, Patreon.com. Um, really support there right now, and we've said this multiple times, but supporting it right now is just getting this thing off the ground and. You know, I think oftentimes Jack and I don't quite know what to like do or to push forward or to what to use the support for. But I think going forward, we're just going to use the support to promote ourselves more on the platforms we already are on. Yeah, like pay for so, some advertisements, maybe pay for some right uh, better recording equipment or, you know, I think we might eventually later this year, like I've said before, get to possibly video podcasts, which brings me to uh starting i don't know later this week i'll be uploading the podcast starting from episode one all the way up until current probably every other day releasing a new one on youtube on the raconteur collection nice. youtube and so that way nice. you know if you have friends or whatever that who to spotify another way to watch it or listen to it if you have youtube premium yeah like i do it's just like another podcast so you know yeah we're gonna be throwing those up there and uh yeah, just another way for you guys to listen, comment, and uh, other than that, you know, uh, guys, just wish me luck tomorrow with my extractions. If I make any crazy posts, if I'm like too hopped up on pain meds or whatever, then, you know, we'll see how it goes. 
how it goes. A L- little nervous about it, but if, it'll get done. Again, if uh, you'd like to submit a story or you have a question, all of those things can go to rackandtrickcollection at gmail.com. Again, Tales of Ephemera, Chapters, the other two projects that I worked on. Chapters, I realize that we don't actually answer that, didn't answer that question from Michael. Chapters is just listed within the Racketeer Collection as a whole. Let us know if you'd like those to be separated. I kind of like including those as just like little bonuses every now and again. Uh, Tales of Ephemera is setting up to, I know, release another story about all about like somebody dreaming about a goat. So look forward to that. Another bizarre Mm, story from from the ether one of the many realities music provided by tyler cunningham very fitting for this episode yes 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 and as always everybody stay beautiful out there as we go stay beautiful guys and as the music starts playing you hear the music but you can't go with us you have to leave you have to turn it off you gotta go home yeah this will fade out it's your time and then last call you know hopefully you'll tell your friends about us all right closing the door Join us next week. Closing the door. Sit around that table and discuss around something else. All right. right, Hello. Oh, they're they're grabbing me. (laughs) Into the pool. (laughs) (laughs) I knew where you're going with that. That's such a dumb reference. (laughs) Oh, goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Have a good one.